Welcome to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Children aged 5 to 11 in Hamilton are now getting their COVID-19 shots. A Music City Forum is going to be held in Hamilton next year. Mohawk College automotive students are getting hands-on experience thanks to a donation. Most Canadians plan to celebrate the holidays with friends and family, but only if they're fully vaccinated. Ticats legend Rob Hitchcock joins us to break down Sunday's Eastern semifinal. And Nicole the Coupon Cutie joins us with some shopping tips for Black Friday. The GMH podcast starts now. This is the Good Morning Hamilton podcast on 900 CHML. We're just getting the the final numbers actually on that in terms of what we'll get. We definitely will have vaccine in hand. We have 42,000 local children between the ages of 5 and 11 to vaccinate. That is Hamilton Medical Officer of Health, Dr. Elizabeth Richardson, talking about COVID-19 vaccinations for children aged 5 to 11, which begins today in our great city. And here to talk about it is Michelle Baird, Hamilton Public Health Services. Michelle, good morning. Welcome to Good Morning Hamilton. Thanks. Good morning to you. This is an exciting day, isn't it? It's a very exciting day for us in Hamilton. I think that I certainly speak on behalf of parents in our community. We're excited. We are going to start vaccinating children 5 to 11 years of age today. And um, Right now, that's about 25%, makes up about 25% of our cases. So we're really happy to see vaccine roll out into this age group. We heard off the top with the clip with Dr. Richardson that uh, she was saying that 42,000 local children are eligible to receive the vaccine. Do we know how many doses we've received thus far? So, yes, we do have 42,000 eligible children in Hamilton within that age group. At this point, um, we do have enough vaccine. We have uh, vaccine to run our clinics this week and right now we have 5,500 children booked already and we will continue to receive vaccine. So no issues with supply. Okay, so with every step of the vaccine rollouts, there has been some hiccups here and there with the online portal. Has it been smooth sailing this time around? For the most part, this time around, it has been a seamless experience. Like I said, we had those 5,500 people booked so far. We have heard some challenges from parents, particularly folks that were trying to book from a mobile device. If you are having any challenges whatsoever, I would encourage you to call the hotline at 905-974-9848. It's option 7, and they will book you over the phone. Or um, that's not a problem at all. But right now we're continuing to work with the provider. And for the most part, it's been a very seamless experience. With 5,500 people already signed up, is that a uh, a robust number? Is that lower than expected? Where's the, the, the mindset on that? No, that's a great number. Uh, so the way the system works basically is it's a, it's a rolling um, booking system. So every day there are new appointments uh, in the system for a two-week out period. So we are filling appointments as they're loaded, which is great, lots of interest. And that doesn't include um, primary care-led clinic at David Braley, as well as we have over 50 pharmacies in Hamilton also vaccinating the 5 to 11-year-old group. So lots of opportunity to get vaccinated and find ways to book in. Our guest is Michelle Baird, Hamilton Public Health Services COVID-19 Operations Chief. You're listening to Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML as we celebrate, and I think that's the proper words, the uh, children's vaccine for those aged 5 to 11 finally being able to get the shot. And you mentioned it, there's not just one central location where these shots are going to be delivered, and that is, uh, I think, a great strategy to uh, you know, uh, put it out to the broader community in various uh, touch points where it is more accessible to everyone in the city. Is that a strategy that was highlighted earlier on in this rollout uh, plan? 
Yeah, so the vaccine strategy for the 5 to 11-year-olds was actually built in consultation with McMaster Children's Hospital and our community partners and really looking to um, find different opportunities for people to receive vaccine that fit best with what their family was looking for. So we have two larger scale clinics, one at Lyme Ridge, one at the Centre on Barton. We also have a number of mobile clinics and, like I said, pharmacies and primary care the other piece I would add there is if you yourself haven't received a first or second dose and you have your 5 to 11-year-old booked, you can certainly walk in and get a dose of vaccine yourself, and we would encourage you to do that. Is there still the need for an educational component along with this vaccine rollout? Yeah, so there are parents, and we completely understand, that are hesitant about uh, receiving the vaccine. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a personal decision a family needs to make. And so we've built the strategy, like I said, in consultation with McMaster. Um, if people want to speak to a healthcare provider on site, they can absolutely do that. Um, if you have some complex questions, the Hospital for Sick Children does have a consultation service that people could reach out to. And we're doing some promotion, of course, in the community and really trying to help people understand what the vaccine is and what it offers the individual in the community. Is there any preset timeline for how long these children's vaccine clinics will be operating in Hamilton? So in Hamilton, we're going to continue offering clinics. And what we'll likely see is these clinics roll through November, December into January, and they'll continue and they'll offer um, both children's vaccines and booster doses at some point in time. Was there any thought to um, uh, bringing the vaccine into the school uh, landscape? Yeah, so we are actually doing that. We have a number of school vaccine clinics coming up, particularly focused on schools where the coverage might be a little bit lower than we would want. So we do have school clinics on the horizon for the 5 to 11-year-old group. Michelle Baird is our guest, Hamilton Public Health Services COVID-19 Operations Chief. You're listening to Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. We're hearing in the Windsor area that police officers are being brought into some uh, vaccination clinics for kids because of protesters that are planning to come out. Is any of that happening in Hamilton and is the city prepared for that? So, Rick, we haven't had that happen in Hamilton as of yet. We do know we're hearing that that is uh, something that's occurring in other parts of the province. We have heard that that was happening in Windsor. We are working collaboratively with Hamilton Police Services. There's security plans in place. There's security on site. And we are ready to respond to that should that occur. But we're hoping that's not the case for us. Yeah, let's, let's hope that does not happen. Michelle, really appreciate the time today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Have that a is good one. you too. That is Michelle Baird, Hamilton Public Health Services COVID nineteen Operations Chief. For more information and a full list of clinics in Hamilton for your children aged five to eleven, head to the city's website hamilton.ca slash get your vaccine and uh, get your kid in line or get yourself in line to get a COVID-19 shot, and uh, we can be one step closer to ending this COVID-19 pandemic. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Hamilton's music community has released a Hamilton music business study and have announced plans for a Music City Forum in 2022. Lisa LaRocca is the Director of Operations at Sonic Union Records and joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. Hey, let's start with the business study. What is the Hamilton Music Business Study all about? Absolutely. Um, So there is a global company called Sound Diplomacy, um, and they do these studies all over the world at various various sizes. Um, So we contracted a study about a year ago 
um, with a bunch of partners, so including the Chamber of Commerce, the Hamilton Public Library, the City of Hamilton, um, and the Hamilton Music Advisory Team. And uh, it basically provides a number of recommendations for the city and our music community um, to recover uh, through COVID and how to best serve the music community uh, as we create new policies for for musicians. In terms of the findings or, or the recommendations, is there something that you want to highlight that is vitally important to the, the future of music in this city? Um, there, there are a number of great recommendations. Um, one of them that's very important that's actually already been um, handled by the city, and we actually won a Music Cities Award for it as well, um, was the music Musician Fair Payment Policy. Um, so that just ensures that at all city events and all city uh, contracted events that musicians are paid at least the standards set by the Musicians Union. Um, and that was a really great one and, and something the city jumped on right away. Um, whereas the other recommendations they've still taken back and they're still, they're still analyzing. So that was an obvious one and we're really excited that that's that that's been formalized. So that fair pay uh, wage for, for music workers, is that for just local musicians or anyone who plays in Hamilton? Um, anybody that the city hires to play at okay. an event. Interesting. Uh, let's uh, move over to the Music Cities Forum, because this sounds like an exciting event. Uh, what, what's the genesis behind this? So the Music Cities Forum um, is run by Sound Diplomacy, the same, the same group that did our report, um, and they do them globally. Um, so we're really excited to have it in Hamilton. Um, I've been to a couple in Sweden, Louisiana, um, and the UK, so they, they happen all over the world. Um, and it'll basically be, it's a conference-style event, um, it'll be a day of, of panels and speakers um, from all over the world talking about different music policies and, and different um, music-related uh, uh, topics. Uh, and then we'll invite all of the attendees to come to Super Crawl for the weekend um, following the event. Two birds, one stone. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what have you learned while attending past uh, Music Cities Forums? Um, there, there's a lot of uh, really, just really knowledgeable people in, especially in music city policy um, and, and things that have been done all around the world to, just like the report did, to, you know, assist musicians and assist the music committee and to make things um, better and more workable and, and, and so that we can really just build our music community. And there's a lot of very interesting policies. I'm sure uh, when it comes to Hamilton, we'll be talking about that fair payment policy. Um, but uh, people from all around the world will bring things like that to to the table and discuss them. And and it just gives you a different outlook on, on what's going on. Lisa LaRocca is our guest, Director of Operations at Sonic Union Records here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. How would you describe music and music creation in Hamilton these days? And not necessarily compared to the past days, but what comes to mind when you think of music in Hamilton in 2021? Uh, we've got a very strong music community. I think we always have in Hamilton. Um, there's a lot of the um, younger folks uh, coming up now and, and kind of organizing their own events and their own communities and their own um genre-based kind of kind of groups, um, which I think is really great. And I just think that um, we're continuing to just have world-class, you know, musicians and, and hopefully some more venues popping up and, and really great shows of all sizes. 
This community has such an illustrious history with music going back to the days of, you know, Jackie Washington, even before him, Ronnie Hawkins calling Hamilton home at one point, uh, all the way up to, you know, uh, uh, Teenage Head and Monster Truck and, of course, Arkell's blazing a trail for, uh, you know, new artists in this city to be inspired by what makes this city so amazing in terms of the musicians who come here and who are developed here and who grow up here to become superstars in this industry? I think we have a lot of support for our creative community. Um, the the fact that this you know this event, this Music Cities Forum, and the report was able to be done in our city um, says a lot to the support that we have from a number of different groups, including the city, um, including places like the chamber and the public library who also do music programming um, and then all of the you know not-for-profit organizations and and um, music specific businesses I think there's a lot of support here for musicians and it's a really nice place for musicians to settle um, at least for a little while or hopefully permanently um, so that they can start and continue a music career. It's a great uh, music city, and a big part of that is the work that uh, you, Lisa, and others have done with uh, this industry in this town. Continued success. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. That's Lisa LaRocca, Director of Operations Sonic Union Records, and, uh, yeah, the Hamilton Music Cities Forum, at least in Hamilton. It's going to be held next September 7th and 8th, 2022 leading up to the Super Crawl Festival from September 9th to the 11th. That should be a fun time in this town. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. Ford of Canada through local dealership Eastgate Ford has given Mohawk College a couple of new vehicles for students in the school's automotive tech program to get some hands-on experience. Here to talk about that is Wayne Ostermeyer, Dean of the Marshall School of Skilled Trades and Apprenticeship at Mohawk College. Good morning, Wayne. Good morning. Thank you. Hey, thanks for joining us. How did this deal come apart? Uh, it's part of our ongoing uh, activities with our partners in the community. Uh, we have a close relationship with Ford Canada and with Eastgate Ford especially. Um, we work very closely with them. Our students get to know the owners of the company as well as we have students that work there and past alumni. Um, it was a pleasure. They donated a 2020 Ford Escape and a 2020 Ford F-150. Um, so it was a great day for our students and for the college as well. So you have these two new vehicles that students, I'm sure they're licking their chops to to get at. What are they going to be doing with these vehicles? Well, it depends on their programming, what they have. So we have an apprenticeship program, automotive service technician, and we have our motive power program. So depending on what courses within the programs, they'll be working on these vehicles. Our focus is uh, to have hands-on experience, tactile, um, not not simulation activities with regards to the hands-on part of this uh, of the programs that we have within the automotive industry. Before this donation, were they working on older vehicles? Uh, there's a cross section um, of older vehicles and new vehicles, and that's the bit of the dilemma that we're in at this time, right? As we start to move into new technology, you're talking about um, you know electric vehicles, autonomous vehicles, but you still have you know, vehicles that are out there that need to be serviced, repaired, and be, be sure that they're safe for driving. Yeah, the the uh, technology in vehicles today is vastly different than what we saw even 10 years ago. Yeah, that's for sure. I, You know, I'm dating myself a little bit. Uh, used to take a vehicle and have the carburetor repaired, or they'd <laughs> actually pull the carburetor out, rebuild it, replace it, and then you're off and running. Now you take them in, they hook up a diagnostic machine, new technology, computer systems, 
and you have chips that are running things within your vehicle. So it has changed significantly, and it does change very quickly. Given that, is it easier to diagnose issues with vehicles now, or at least newer vehicles? Um, I'm not an expert when it comes to the automotive district. That's not my uh, subject matter expertise. Uh, but talking with the faculty on that, it does have significant benefits with regards to it uh, moving forward. Everything is now becoming more new tech. There's a cross-section of trades and technology starting to merge as we start to move forward with industry. I would imagine for the students, having a real-life new vehicle to work on is you know, a, a huge plus in terms of what they're going to learn, how to take things apart or solve issues with these vehicles. Yeah, I mean, hands-on training uh, with regard to that Mohawk College and our apprenticeship and skilled trade programs, it's a critical part of what we offer. Um, you have the theory component, you know, the chalk, uh, uh, you know, the chalkboard activities. I kind of joke and, you know, I'm dating myself a little bit here, but you have that. But the most important and critical aspect of uh, what we do is there's the hands-on component where our expertise, faculty and that are teaching our students uh, the new methods within the automotive industry. Wayne Ostermeyer is our guest. He is the Dean of the Marshall School of Skilled Trades and Apprenticeship at Mohawk College. We're talking about a couple of new vehicles that have been donated through Ford of Canada to Mohawk College for students to work on in the school's automotive uh, tech program as they get on some uh, some hands-on experience. Are, are these students going to go on to become mechanics, auto workers, something within the automotive field, or, or is the sky the limit in terms of what they can do? So I think I think your last part there, the sky is the limit. So you take a look at the partnership we have with Ford Canada. They have an LMS system with regards to their automotive career exploration training. They call it ACE. They've actually gave our students access to that. So they can actually learn on their own as well, learn more about vehicles outside of the classroom, outside of their program of study. So if you take a look at somebody that might start as a, as a mechanic, you take a look at then they get into the entrepreneur aspect of it then they become they might own their own company they might run um you know they might work for ford canada they might become an executive so there are pathways throughout their whole career that this is just the beginning of them this is this the start of their career path and their learning for life regarding skilled trades we know that there has been a shortage for years is it viewed differently now by parents and prospective students uh, I, I think the, the education is starting to take uh, take hold. Um, we have a apprenticeship community hub uh, aspect where we are working very closely with our school boards, uh, working with the grade six, sevens, and eights. We also work very closely with parents to educate the parents about the value of, of a skilled trade career. Uh, it's a viable option. It is uh, new technology. Uh, everything is changing. Uh, you still have the brick and mortars and stuff like that, but when you take a look at all the things that are changing from a simulation uh, point of view and how things are mass produced and the need for the the skill sets that we we're starting to develop here at Mohawk as the system changes. What's the most popular skill trades pr- program now at Mohawk? Uh, our motor power is uh, pretty uh, pretty popular. Our electrical uh, programs are pretty popular. Construction trades for sure. Um, so we we have a eighteen nineteen. Uh, apprenticeship programs that we offer cross-section pretty healthy programs or post-secondary we have up to 17 that we offer depending on what the what the requests are for them plus our continuing education programs which uh, individuals that are working during the day can take a course online at night or they can come to the campus now with the pandemic that's kind of been curtailed a little bit but as we start to open up we'll start to see more activity in that at our campuses great stuff wayne thank you very much for your time today and enjoy the rest of your day 
All right. Thank you very much. That is Wayne Ostermeyer. He is the dean of the Marshall School of Skill, Trades, and Apprenticeship at Mohawk College. And a huge thumbs up to Ford of Canada and Eastgate Ford donating a couple of new vehicles, uh, an Escape and an F-150, both of 2020 model years, uh, for students to learn, get that hands-on experience in that automotive tech uh, program. That is uh, really cool. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. A new PayPal survey shows Canadians are eager to see family over the holidays, but 58% of respondents to the 2021 holiday giving study say they will only celebrate with those who are fully vaccinated against COVID-19. Hmm. Sandy Bonita is manager of communications at PayPal Canada and joins us now. Sandy, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you? Not too bad. Um, Well, we understand that uh, many respondents are uh, a little hesitant to celebrate with family and friends unless they're fully vaccinated. Is this what was expected, or at least was a higher or lower number expected? You know, I think it is what it was. What was expected. I think it's been a topic of conversation for a really long time here in Canada, um, and we've seen that. You know, not just um, that feeling, not just for the Christmas and holiday season that's coming up, but really just for the last six months since vaccinations were really. Um, widely available. I think it's just something that people have been talking about. Even though infection rates are down, hospitalization rates are are few and far between, especially compared to last year at this time, we we have a vaccine this holiday season. Despite all that, uh, the survey shows that only one in 10 Canadians, 12%, feel that the holidays are properly back. That's, to, to me, maybe a little low, a little surprising. Well, I think it also depends where in the country you are. I mean, I think here in Ontario, the numbers are going back up. I can talk, I can tell you personally that I have some pretty vulnerable people in my family, and we're always really, really careful, and we want to make sure that everyone's safe. Uh, we also know that vaccines, while they are wonderful and, you know, help us quite a bit in uh, making sure that we don't get too sick, they're not foolproof, and we have seen some breakthrough cases. So I think everyone's just really careful. We've seen that 1 in 10, so about 9%, say that they will ask their guests to take a COVID-19 test even before, uh, you know, even that's regardless of their vaccination status. And I think that that says a lot as well because, um, you know, even if you are vaccinated, I think people are just extra, extra careful, especially around the holidays, especially as immunity might be waning. There's a lot of talk about booster shots, and we know that that, you know, hasn't really been widely distributed yet. So it, it makes a lot of sense to me. Wow, that's taking proof of vaccination to another level and uh, an added, I guess, stressor, because you know that the holidays are stressful for many people, an added stressor for those who are visiting family and friends for you to show proof of vaccination to an aunt or an uncle or a grandparent, whatever the case is, that uh, that's a unique twist to this holiday season. You know, I think rapid tests are now something that people have, can buy online and they take it at home. Um, I know we have a couple of boxes daughter in daycare it's quite easy to do Mm -hmm. it just really helps put our our mind at ease and it's just an extra layer of protection like i said i think a lot of families have uh people who are quite vulnerable in their families and they just want to do what they can to make sure that everyone is protected yeah that's uh, at the end of the day that's right at the end of the day we want to keep everyone safe especially during the holidays sandy benita it is our guest manager of communications at paypal canada another interesting aspect of this study a study is about holiday shopping behavior and how the pandemic has changed that behavior absolutely i mean you know i think that it's again really no surprise that people have become accustomed to shopping online they absolutely love it and why wouldn't they it's super easy 
you know, I, I know my favorite pastime right now is after a really long day, crawling into bed and scrolling online to see, you know, for some retail therapy. I'm totally guilty of that. Good thing my husband's sleeping and can't hear me right now. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's great and it's easy. I don't have to get up to go and get my wallet, especially with PayPal, right? I mean, I, it's, it's fast, it's easy, it's secure. It's, uh, it's something that I think is, has just become part of our traditional way of life now. You know, over 65% of Canadians say, who responded to the survey said that the pandemic has permanently changed their shopping habits. And we've seen that across the board. Uh, even with online grocery shopping, you know, I think um, before the pandemic, it really wasn't widely popular here in Canada. And now we see that it's, you know, something that's growing increasingly in popularity. And, uh, you know, people want to avoid the crowds. I think, what, what do we have? Over half, 55% said that they'll shop online more um, during the holiday season, and 37% said that they'll only shop in stores at quiet times to avoid the crowds. It makes a lot of sense. What also makes a lot of sense is the dearth of travel between uh, well, Canada and the U.S. Obviously, even with the border opening, we're not seeing a lot of people going across the border or even overseas. The pandemic has really um, you know, tackled the, uh, the travel industry. Yeah, it, it really has. I think, you know, 17% said that... Uh, they are, you know, the pandemic has really kind of uh, put a big gloomy cloud over their holiday travel plans and, and fewer of us will be traveling this year. I think the truth is, is that, you know, traveling isn't as easy as it used to be. Um, now we're dealing with having to have PCR tests and the rules are changing, I feel like, you know, almost every week. And so I think for now, people are just feeling you know, like they would really like to stay uh, close to home for now until things kind of settle down a bit and perhaps things get a little less expensive. Sandy Benita is a manager of communications at PayPal Canada, joining us here on Good Morning Hamilton on 900 CHML. So if Canadians aren't traveling as much, it sounds like they're giving a little bit more of that maybe travel money to things like charitable organizations. Tell us about that. They are. You know, and I think that's one of the really positive things that has come out of the 18 months is that we've really had time to reflect on some of the social causes that have come up, you know, that we didn't really have time to reflect on and really kind of learn about uh, in the past. And I, and we've seen a really big, big charitable, compassionate give from Canadians. On average, Canadians donate about $142.09 a year to causes dear to their heart. Now, this is perhaps could be surprising to some of your listeners. Men tend to be more generous than women on average. They give $164 to charitable causes, while women have given $136 in the last 12 months. Hmm. I would have thought that was the opposite. I would have thought that was the opposite, too. But, you know, I, I, think, it's, I think it's just great. I think the more people give, the better. Um, this is another fact that I thought was really, really interesting. British Columbia is actually the most generous province. They donate about, they donated an average of $150 over the last year. Uh, and Ontarians followed close behind. We donated about $147. Hmm. Well, we got work to do in that regard. Sandy, appreciate the time. Thanks for waking up early with us and spending some time with us. Enjoy your day. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. That is Sandy Benita, Manager of Communications at PayPal Canada. Some of the highlights of their study that looked at um, holidays and, and, and the pandemic, showing that 58% of respondents to the 2021 holiday giving study say they will only celebrate with those who are doubly vaccinated, including those who are asking family and perhaps friends to supply a, a negative COVID-19 test before coming over to celebrate 
over the holidays, and 65% saying that the pandemic has permanently changed their shopping habits. They're going online a whole lot more. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. It's just a different feel, man. It's 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 another notch up, you know, from, from the regular season. I mean... You can just taste it in the air, smell it. You know, it's just it's just a different atmosphere for everybody involved. Yeah, there is a different feeling this week in Steeltown. That is the voice of Tiger Cats quarterback Jeremiah Masoli talking about playoff football. Playoffs? Yes, playoffs here in Hamilton once again as we get set for the Eastern semifinal at Tim Hortons Field on Sunday. It's a 1 o'clock kickoff between Hamilton and Montreal. Rob Hitchcock, he joins us now on Good Morning Hamilton. Hitch, good morning. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, how you doing? I'm not too bad. Not only are you a uh, former Ticats legendary player, you're now a sideline reporter with the Ticats Audio Network and doing a fantastic job on the sideline. So I'll have to give you the tip of the cap. Well done. Well, hold on. Did I put him on hold? There you are. <laughs> How's the sideline yeah. gig going? So, you know what? It's going really well. Um, you know, I talked to some of the guys in the organization beginning of the year and um, you know, they asked if I wanted to do a couple of things, and it just turned out that this this little uh, gig popped up, and I said, you know what, I'd love to. So, you know, never really done anything like that on the sidelines before. Always been the one that is uh, not doing the interviewing, but being interviewed. <laughs> and uh, so it was a little bit different. It was, uh, you know, it was kind of nice, uh, you know, giving some analysis on, on the game in between the quarters and uh, ha- having a lot of fun with it. One of my favorite interviews with you, and it was in my early days covering the Ticats way back, and I'm, I'm not even sure what the year was, early 2000s, and uh, it was training camp. I think we were at McMaster. Uh, if not, it was at Brock. And I would go to a bunch of the players, the well-known guys, and ask them to do kind of an intro. Hey, my name's you know Mike Morreale. You're listening to Ticats Football on CHML. And I remember doing one with you, and I'm not sure if you remember this, but instead of saying your name, you just said the last part of your name, and it was uh, hilarious. And I still laugh about it uh, today. So th- <laughs> thanks for that great memory. Uh, I, I appreciate. I think the rook. I don't know if I was uh, the veterans made me do that or if I was a rookie. I don't know. I can't remember. It's too far, too long ago. Yeah, very, very, very long ago. Um, all right, let's let's talk about this game on Sunday, and let's start with this. Montreal linebacker Patrick Levels said the other day, "This we will win in Hamilton. Stamp it, put it big as you need to put it. Black it out. We coming. Montreal Alouettes. See you soon. Can't wait." Anything else? Let's go. All right, so Mr. Levels guaranteeing an Alouette's win on Sunday. Your thoughts about these players, whether it's Montreal or any other team, guaranteeing victory. Does that mean anything? You know what? It really doesn't. Um, you know, listening to Kahari Jones, uh, you know, of course, their head coach, talk about it after and just saying that, you know, he'll guarantee every single win, every single game. I think he was just kind of saying that because, you know, he went off, uh, Levels went off a little bit too far, I think. And as players, you know, it's, it's, I don't think it's a very big deal. We just don't like the fact that anyone's in that room that's talking like that. I mean, you, you're all good players. You make it there to, to talk like that and then to lose, especially on the road. If they, if they happen to lose, then uh, it's going to look worse on them. But I think you just keep your mouth closed. You go and you do your job and you, you get the win and you get out of there. In the locker room, though, is it bulletin board material or guys talking about it? Is, do you just internalize it and use it as extra motivation? How does it work inside the walls there? Well, you know, inside it, you talk about it like we're going to go and destroy the guys. We're going to we're going to just do our game plan. We played them a few times this year. We know what we have to do. Um, you know, made some adjustments on certain games, and and it really isn't. Um, you know, maybe maybe positionally, it might be a little bit different. Where you know, receivers might be talking with the five or six or eight receivers might be talking a little bit just within themselves. 
but never in a big room with you know with sixty guys saying how we're going to just go and pound. It just it kind of doesn't happen like that unless uh, you know unless the guy really goes off his rocker, which which kind of he did. So I think they're going to make a statement. Going, I would be going and definitely giving trying to give him a shot in special teams if I could. <laughs> <laughs> you played in a bunch of uh, playoff games, including uh, Grey Cups. You got uh, a ring to show for it as well. Is there a different feeling come the postseason? Yeah, most definitely. Um, you know, you, you did what you had to do throughout the season to, to get there. Um, and now it's just, again, everyone says it's a totally different season. It really is. Um, it's, a, it's a one game knockout and, and you got to look at it that way. They've got three games, uh, two games to get to the cup. Uh, you don't want to look too far ahead because Montreal is, is a good team and, and Toronto's had, uh, had their numbers. So you definitely want to be, don't want to be looking at next week's game. Um, but it, it does the atmosphere. Uh, the playoff atmosphere, the fans, it's, it's just a totally different feeling when you get out there and um, had some great, great memories in, in my playoff times. We're chatting with Ticats legend Rob Hitchcock, now a sideline reporter with the Ticats Audio Network, and you can listen to the game on CHML this Sunday. Kickoff is at 1. Extended two-hour pregame show begins at 11. Of course, after the game, we'll have the fifth quarter on CHML. What are the biggest factors in your mind? Um, well, weather. I mean, looks doesn't look that bad. I mean, kind of looking at the weather a little bit. Um, I think it, the factor is going to be like uh, the fans. If they can, uh, if they can come out and, and everyone's dressed in black, it's supposed to be a big blackout. So wear black at the game if you got the tickets. And you know, to be that, uh, to be that, just that extra person in the stands and just giving, just yelling away, and, and it really helps. Um, you know, especially when you're on as a defensive guy. And I used to get the crowd going a lot, and, and not just the playoffs, but of course in, in the regular season as well. And it, it really, you know, kind of screws up the the offense and the cadence and cadence and, and different things like that. So, I mean, the factors are for sure going to be the, the, the you know the, the fans, the weather, and and just coming out really quickly. The boys got to come out pretty quick on special teams, and it's going to take all three phases of the game to uh, to put this one away. Weather-wise, cloudy skies, a chance of showers, and a high of two. Not too shabby for uh, late November, that's for sure. Rob, uh, we will chat with you down the road. So congrats on all the work on the sideline, and uh, keep it up. I appreciate it, Rick. Thanks for having me. That's Rob Hitchcock, Ticats legend, now a sideline reporter with the Ticats Audio Network. You're listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast from 900 CHML. The busiest shopping season of the year kicks off today with American Thanksgiving, and some retail surveys suggest that Canadian consumers are feeling upbeat this year. One survey says Canadians are going to spend an average of $635 on the holidays, up 23% from last year. Another suggest that spending could be way higher at over 1800 bucks. Earlier this morning on Good Morning Hamilton, we heard from Sandy Benita at PayPal Canada, who said a new study of theirs shows 65% of Canadians feel the pandemic has permanently changed their shopping habits and shoppers plan to avoid the crowds and just stay online. If you plan to shop in a store or online, how can you score the best deals? Well, Nicole the Coupon Cutie is joining us now on Good Morning Hamilton from Coupon Cutie Canada. Nicole, thanks for joining us today. Good morning. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So is Black Friday like Christmas morning for you? Yeah, honestly, everybody's so happy this time of year. Everyone's doing Christmas shopping early, so I love Black Friday. Where can shoppers find some great Black Friday deals? Definitely, I like the Walmart flyers. Superstore has had some good deals so far, some points offers. Um, those were my two main favorite flyers. Best Buy as well has some good deals. 
Canadian companies obviously pouncing upon the Black Friday craze. It's not just an American thing. Definitely. Yeah, it's been a huge. Black Friday for the last like few years absolutely has been huge in Canada as well. Is Cyber Monday still as popular as it once was? You know, that's funny you say that. It's because of COVID, kind of, they've switched how they're doing Black Friday, where it's not so much just one day. It's kind of a longer event. So I am interested to see this year if Cyber Monday has as much impact as it has before. I think it's going to be more so like longer discount events as opposed to specific huge deals on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. Yeah, a lot of companies really on both sides of the border are doing kind of like Black Friday week deals. It's almost like Boxing Day uh, turned into Boxing Week. Now we have kind of Black Friday week. Oh, absolutely. Everyone switched to like early Black Friday deals, Black Friday week. You're absolutely right. So do we expect a lot of people uh, in stores? Are you getting that feeling? Are you hearing from people who just want to have that feeling again of kind of shopping within a physical store? No, I don't think so. Like, I think we've really been focused on online deals. Um, It's nice, too, because it doesn't send everyone rushing to the store. And it's kind of, like I said, been like that for, you know, last year was like that. It was like that a little bit before as well because they've been doing these longer events. Our guest is Nicole the Coupon Cutie, Coupon Cutie Canada. You can check her out on Facebook or just Google Coupon Cutie Canada. What, what is the hot item this Christmas shopping season? What does everybody want? Air fryers, TVs, AirPods. Uh, <laughs> Anything with the word All air those. in it. <laughs> Why why are they among the the hot t- I mean TV and electronics kind of always at the at the top yeah. of the list air fryers have really exploded on the scene. Oh, air fryers like everybody every every two like I do lives where I let people ask me for deals and air fryers is literally every 2 minutes someone's asking about an air fryer. People love air frying things. Oh, I I love my air fryer. It me is too. it is a go-to appliance in our kitchen for sure. Totally. Uh, Nicole, thanks for joining us. Enjoy Black Friday. Have a lot of fun. Thank you. You too. That is Nicole, the Coupon Cutie, Coupon Cutie Canada. Check her out online. Thanks for listening to the Good Morning Hamilton podcast. You can listen to the show live weekday mornings from 530 to 9 on 900 CHML and online at 900CHML.com. The Good Morning Hamilton podcast is available on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. I'm Rick Samprin. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. It's free so you never miss an episode. And make sure you rate and review.